0: I came across the fact, this was back in 1994, that web usage, worldwide web usage was growing at something like 2300% a year. And that was sort of wake up call for me that there was something going on. And, uh, you know, many people at that point hadn't heard of the web. They didn't have internet access. This was the time of, you know, 28 uh, uh, kil- kilobit per second modems and dial up access and so on and so on. So it's a very different age um, but uh, there was clear, it was clear that there was going to be something there, and you, I, I realized you could make a bookstore on the web that could hold more books than a physical bookstore could ever hold. It could truly have universal selection. And, of course, you know, since then, we've uh, expanded that into other categories, and we keep pursuing that notion of Earth's biggest selection at Amazon. Well, my background was in computers, and uh, but books were the first best product to sell online. As a happy coincidence, I've always been a big reader, but that wasn't the reason that we chose books. My real compas- My real passion was computers, and that's how I was involved in this world of the web back in 94. But books was a great first best product to sell online because books were very unique and still are in one respect, and that is that there are more... Items in the book category than there are items in any other category. There are millions of books active and in print around the world, and the largest superstores, the largest physical book superstores, only carry about 100 to 150,000 of those millions of different books. So on the web, you could build something that, tr- that solved a real problem that people can't find some of these books that they want to find. They're very good books, but they may be very narrow. Uh, have a very narrow audience, and so uh, we basically built Amazon to make it possible for people to find those hard-to-find books. Yeah, well, we had to uh, uh, build all of the software systems uh, that did not only the... Uh, front-end, the website, the piece that's most visible to people, but also all of the back-end systems that interface with suppliers so that you can reorder items and the systems that manage uh, you know, picking, packing, and shipping, the fulfillment part of the business and all those things are very important. In fact, I'll tell you, when many of the dot-com companies went out of business when the, the internet bubble burst, one of the reasons is they hadn't really put enough attention into their back end. They hadn't put enough attention into what I think some people consider the less glamorous part of the business, which is the picking, packing, and shipping. But we had done extensive analysis and found out that customers actually wanted to receive their products. Well, for me, you know, I think it's very important to pursue your passions. And if you're doing that, the risks are often not as great as they seem to be. So for me, when I thought about, uh, you know, leaving my job and starting this company, I knew there was a good chance that it wouldn't work. But I also knew that when I was 80 years old and thinking back over my life, I would never regret having tried and failed. But I might regret having never tried. And when I thought about it that way, it didn't actually seem like that big of a risk. I think it's the very rare idea that can be done by a single individual. Almost everything that is going to uh, change the world, solve a problem, improve something—these are usually big efforts, and they require, uh, you know, teams, a team working together to really get something important done. And that has been the story of Amazon.com. At every step along the way, we've had a team here uh, that is. Uh, is making this work. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Even even at the smallest scale, you have to figure out how to get help from your friends, from your family members, uh, from uh, people that you can hire in those early days. I think without that, it would never work. Well, we've. Uh, I think probably our most important piece of intellectual property is our brand name. And I think people, and, and, and I think this is very important for anybody who's going to start a company or, or, or market an invention to understand, is that brands for companies are like reputations for people. And reputations are hard-earned and easily lost. So the most important intellectual property that a company can have is, for us, it's that, it's, it's, it's Amazon. It's th- that name, but what it stands for, and we've worked very hard to earn trust. You can't ask for trust. You just have to do it the hard way, one step at a time. You, you make a promise and then fulfill the promise. You say, we'll deliver this to you, uh, you know, tomorrow, and then you actually deliver it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <What kind laughs> and if you do that over and over again, then it ultimately you can instill your company's name with a reputation. And that's I think, you know, sometimes people talk about brands in this very amorphous way, but for me, I, I like to think of it as a person and what is the reputation that that person has and how have they earned that reputation well we think uh, fulfillment by Amazon is a very important business for for Amazon to come so uh, by offering it to others we have this fulfillment capacity let me let me back up and just say we have these warehouses all over the world where we do our picking, packing, and shipping. And we've put a significant investment into making those things work extremely well, be able to deliver products very quickly, have the products close to customers so that you can get them to customers fast at acceptable cost. And uh, that's a hard piece of infrastructure to build. Uh, it took us you know, over a decade to build that infrastructure at a very significant monetary cost. And one of the ways we can leverage that infrastructure is by offering it to others for a fee. And that's what Fulfillment by Amazon is. So from our point of view, it's just good business. But from an inventor's point of view, or a startup company's point of view, or any you know, small retailer's point of view, or even big retailers, it's an opportunity to use our infrastructure to provide better services to your customers. So we will literally do the picking, packing, and shipping for you, and send those things to your customers, send those things to uh, retail points of distribution for you, and allow you to focus on your idea instead of having to pay this, what really is an undifferentiated price of admission you know, that you would otherwise have to figure out how to do on your own. And it's very important when you're doing something new not to reinvent the wheel on stuff where you're not actually creating any new value. And so fulfillment by Amazon is really a great thing for small startup companies. It's completely self-service. So you can come and you don't have to negotiate a multi-year contract with us You can use it as little or as much as you want. Uh, So that, I think, is very, you know, basically just being a variable cost. It's not something where you have to pay a big upfront fee. You just use it as you need to use it. That's actually a very innovative change in the industry. Uh, The second thing is that we're very good at sorting items together. We're probably the best in the world. So if a customer buys more than one item and they're going to go in the same box, we're very very good at that. Uh, a third thing is that we've actually opened it up to developers by these things called web services API so if you're if you're a software engineer or a programmer you'll know what that is but that's a way for people to embed into their own systems again in a self-service way kind of basically treat our huge you know 10 million plus square foot fulfillment center network as a giant computer peripheral they can treat it like a printer and just command this big a network of buildings to do things. So there are a bunch of innovations inside of our uh, our fulfillment centers, and we're able to do this very efficiently. Well, to me, uh, true innovation is something that's not only an invention, but an improvement. And uh, you know, sometimes things, it's not easy to make things different. I mean it's not difficult, it's not hard to make things different but it is hard to make things different and better. Most of the solutions, most of the problems in the world already have solutions of one kind or another. All of those solutions can be improved upon. Uh, There's no chance that um, anything is perfected yet, I don't believe that. <laughs> but those, all those solutions are highly evolved, and they've been—you know—people have been working on solutions to most problems for a long time. But still, I, you know, you know, somebody—it wasn't that long ago—somebody figured out that you should add wheels to suitcases. Pretty good improvement. <laughs> Well, it's hard work. So it's, it's easy to have ideas. It's very hard to turn an idea into a successful product. There are a lot of steps in between. And it takes persistence, relentlessness. So I always tell people who, are, you know, who think they want to be entrepreneurs, it's, you need a combination of stubborn relentlessness and flexibility. And you have to know when to be which. And basically you need to be stubborn on your vision because otherwise it'll be too easy to give up. But you need to be very flexible on the details because as you go along pursuing your vision you'll find that some of your preconceptions were wrong and you're going to need to be able to change those things. So I think uh, taking an idea successfully all the way to the market and turning it into a real product that people care about and that really improves people's lives is a lot of hard work.